0: All right. This is the shortest of the chapters.
1: That's good. All right, here we go. But mark this. There will be a terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, concited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with such people. They are the kind whom worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janes and Chambray's Opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected, but they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you know, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God, breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every
0: good work. Thanks. Thanks, Ali. You did a great job reading that. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and get us started here, and I'm going to pick uh, chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen. Oh! And, uh, did I steal? Did I steal your verses? <laughs> go ahead. Well, you can. Go you know, we can. We can both um, pick the same verses. You'll probably have a different angle than I do, but uh, all scripture is god breed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I just, you know, the Paul's reminder here about the power of the scripture and how important it is. It, it you know, so many people just you think of the Bible as just another book, but um, the Bible says about itself that it's, it's scripture and it's God breathed. And I just love the idea that, um, Um, you know, I, I I made it when I was 30 years old, I made a commitment to try to read through the Bible every year for the rest of my life. And so far, I've been able to keep that commitment by the grace of God. And it's just because if there's one book I want to give my life to, it's the Bible. And I think Abraham Lincoln, there's a famous quote from Abraham Lincoln, who he said that a thorough knowledge of the Bible is more important than a College education. And I just love that. And I also think of another quote from D.L. Moody where um, he talks about the Bible and he says, This book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. And (laughs) just how there's something special about the scripture. And I'm just, every time I read it, I feel like I've, I, you, you know, I've I've read through the Bible multiple times, but I. It seems like every day I feel like I'm reading something that I've never read before, and I just love that aspect that it's kind of alive. It's 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 like a living a living book. So that's my my pick, Jim. How about you?
2: Well, uh, I'll I'll pick something different, and um, I, I got half baked thoughts on this. I'd almost like to see what you guys think and or hear read commentaries later about it, but when I'm reading the first couple of verses, uh, verses two and three, uh, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Uh, you know, I worked on Wall Street for a while, so I was thinking about that world and people you know it's boastful arrogant, like those were you know um, prime qualities for success on wall street those were which you need you know those were uh, uh, applauded uh, you know um, and uh, not not some people were thinking people were ashamed of it all so He's describing, you know, lovers of self, lovers of money. And then down here in verse three, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And um, that's not true. You don't have to go to Wall Street for that. That's this general sentiment now that, hey, you only go around once. So life is, this is all you have. So you got to get all the pleasure you can and experience as you can. And, and um, it's just a totally different way of living than the Christian faith, right? Uh, to be a lover of pleasure rather than lover of God. But it's the next verse I'm picking, verse five, which I think is interesting to me where it says, all those people, that sound like just bad people, it says, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And my, I have a note in mine that says, or religion. So it could be holding to a form of religion. So think, what kind of form of religion are these people holding to? It sounds like they're just awful bad people, lovers of self, lovers of money, ungrateful unholy. Um, what is it? And I th- what I'm thinking of, Greg, is that you know, the illustration we always talk about, about the gospel and compare it um to um uh like to every other religion because if you say if, if you map out every religion basically every religion has a set of rules that says you should get better over time and you should follow these rules and get better over time and so the graph we often draw has on the uh horizontal axis there'll be holiness i'm sorry the horizontal axis will be time the vertical axis will be holiness or goodness or righteousness or some kind of scale and if you want to describe or draw what every religion looks like it's just a diagonal line that starts at the bottom left corner and moves towards the top right corner because over time you're supposed to be a better and better person and the irreligious person by and says i don't believe in any of that stuff but still finds a need to, to be self-justifying and still finds the need to say i'm living for something and i'm not a bad person and and so i think about these people like you just say they're not whole, they're just completely completely um bad people like no, they're still holding to some form of religion, though they denied its power. They're still saying, "I'm." They're still. Every, everyone is still self-justifying. And Greg, we sometimes we say on this podcast, self-justification is bottomless. Everyone's self-justifying, you know. Um, and and that's kind of the form of religion people are holding to, even though they might seem to be completely irreligious on the outside. They're still self-justifying in some way. Um, and then, and then. Sorry, let's keep going here. But the connection with the next phrase, they denied its power. That's the contrast with the gospel, because the gospel is all about inside-out change and outside-in change. It's the the power, the transformative power saying, I'm a hopeless, lost sinner. Jesus saved someone like me, even though he knew that about me. And he's given me his grace, and uh, uh, despite the fact that I turn my back on him. And that's transformative power from the inside out, rather than just kind of a form of godliness or a form of religion. So in uh, that one little verse, it's such a huge contrast of the way the irreligious live and the power of Christian trans the transformative power of the gospel, the inside-out transformer transformative power of the gospel. Um, I'm not sure I summarize this succinctly, but that that first kind of jumped off the page to me tonight as we we're reading it.
0: That's great. Just um some other thoughts I have related to that. And that's a very interesting choice that you, you pick there um, having a form of godliness, but denying its power makes me think of how we live in a world where people kind of choose a religion, like a salad bar
2: hmm.
0: where hmm. they pick the items they like. Um, that, yes. You know, so that there's there's certain things that, you know, they'll, they'll kind of pick and choose the things that they like and how, when we do that with God, we basically have a God that agrees with everything we we agree with, and we we don't have a God that contradicts us. We don't have a biblical God because if you believe in the biblical God, it will you know he he will always contradict. I mean, not always contradict us, but he often contradicts us because God is so much different than us. He's so much set apart, and uh, part part of maybe what this is talking about is like. You know they can still be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, but have a form of but but be spiritual, you know.
2: Yeah, Greg, I, I don't know if I told you this story or or described it on the podcast. If I did, if I did describe it on the podcast before, please edit this out. But I went back to my, one of my high school reunions recently, and um, there's a woman there that came up to me, and I had witnessed her in high school, sharing the faith with her, and we talked about spiritual things, and she found me and she said do you remember me and i said yes um, and she wanted to, she found me cuz she wanted to tell me that she is now a very proud pagan in her own words so i'm i'm a pagan and what i find is that there's a little bit of uh, truth in every religion it's exactly what you just said Greg. I, I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and that and so basically, what she's saying is, I'm I am the one. I'm the God. I am my world. I am the one who chooses the bits and pieces that I like, and I'm my own savior, right? I'm I am, and and so that's holding to a form of godliness. So it's some kind of religion, like I pick and choose. But she's completely in control, and she really she sought me out to tell me that because she was kind of proud of that. She that's the path she. And so what I'm praying, please, Lord, let her come to her senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Um, because
1: that you know yeah <laughs> it's but. it's it's funny i recently met a person who you know told me that she does believe in jesus but she does not believe in uh, the jesus of the bible and i and i was like intrigued by it so i asked her that what do you mean by that and that person went on to describe that you know i want i want to learn jesus the way i want to learn which kind of you know goes along similar lines where people want to choose the easy stuff and they don't want to choose the hard stuff they, they still wanna like commit all the sins but also wanna enter heaven right. so that's that's what i felt like after having a conversation with her where she was like you know i still uh, you know party and all that kind of stuff that uh, a christian according to the bible should not be doing but i still believe in jesus and I, I actually struggled to give her an answer because I didn't want to offend that person either. So I was like, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray about it. And and I hope that one day you reach where Jesus wants you to reach. That's all I said to her. But it, it kind of reminds me of what both of you were talking about, you know, picking things with Jesus, but not following him with all your heart. you got to follow Jesus with all your heart.
0: That's great. Ali do, do you have a verse from this I chapter? actually
1: I actually do my favorite verse and I I have it highlighted which means that it was one of those times when it showed up as a verse of the day for me and that's what I do like every time a verse of the day shows up I highlight it and it's it's verse 12 which says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted which also kind of reminds me of uh, matthew 7 verse 14 which says you know for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few and it's 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 kind of true because uh you know uh, especially from an international perspective i feel like when people from other countries come to america to think that america is a christian nation but Surprisingly, it is not. There are there are a lot of people who think they're a Christian, but they actually do not know Jesus at all. And then there are those who don't follow Jesus at all. So and you know, being a Christian in America is comparatively easy compared to someone who's a Christian in, let's say, Iran. You know, they go through a lot more persecution. They are tested more with their faith. And it, and I feel like to, to have that amount of faith, like you were talking about Paul in chapter one, to have that kind of faith in Jesus is so powerful because, you know, usually when you start uh, believing in, in Jesus, you feel like, you know, he's going to bless you with all the things that you've ever wanted, but that is not how it is. Once you start uh, believing in Jesus, he actually kind of tests you more that's how i feel
2: yeah that's great that's the promise
0: yeah yeah thanks for sharing that ali okay we're on the we're in the uh we're almost at the finish line here chapter four jim would you mind reading it then we'll make our final observations and this has been really good good uh good time
2: it's such a great book. Yeah, this is The home stretch, Chapter 4. Uh, here we go. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and, and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas, or Damas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. But Tychicus, Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak which I left at Troas with Carpus and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander, the coppersmith, did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. At my first offense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed. And will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever amen greet prissa and aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. erastus remained at corinth but trophimus i left sick at Miletus. make every effort to come before winter eubulus greets you also Putin's and linus and claudia and all the brethren the lord be with your spirit grace be with you
0: and there we go the end of the letter Um, man, this, there's so much, there's so much here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and for the sake of time, just dive right in here. I'm going to pick uh chapter four, verse two, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Um, I've done some research and there 36 times. Paul refers to the true gospel in this letter, just what? in this letter, 36 times and 17 times he ref- refers to false teachings. And it seems like his emphasis is constant and his point is pretty clear to Timothy. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You know, don't, don't um, hold on to the gospel, hold on to the, the scripture and, um, so i just i just really like that uh you know and when we think about preaching preaching the word i i like to think it's it's be willing to it doesn't mean you're like preaching from behind a pulpit it could mean that you're living it out through your life you're preaching god's word through your life um and your words so um just but to to be willing to share god's word um with with people around you and to hold on to the hold on to the gospel um even during difficult times and in the last days you know so that's those are my thoughts um ali what did you pick
1: i actually picked uh, verse 18 which says the lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I feel like that's been the motto of my life ever since I started following Christ, you know, put, putting my faith in the Lord. And this kind of stand it's it's this this whole chapter is kind of like a closing for for the letter that Paul wrote. So it has a lot of great texts in it, but I feel like this is the one that really stands out because, uh, again, you know, I keep bringing this up, but Paul had amazing faith in God because look at the situation that he is in and he's still calling out the Lord and has his faith that no matter whatever the situation, how bad the situation might look like, he has his faith in God that, you know, Jesus got my back. So i think that's how i feel like in tough times in difficult situations i feel like and and that doesn't mean that i i don't i don't make an error i am mm-hmm. a human and i make mistakes i feel like uh, reading the bible every now and then kind of helps me to reflect upon those mistakes and learned the lesson for the future that how i should not make those mistakes in the future You, you know maybe sometimes i was not at my best i lost my temper i i didn't say the right thing to a person that might have hurt his feelings and i feel like reading the bible kind of brings all that back to me where i feel like maybe next time if a situation like that comes i will i will let jesus take the wheel and Try to be the best version of myself. And that's the only way to be the best version of yourself.
0: Hmm. That's great. You know, one thing to that you made me realize is a lot of times when we read the Bible, we should pay attention to the verb tenses because it says the Lord will rescue me. He's talking about in the future. He didn't say the yeah. Lord has rescued me from yeah, my salvation. No. He's talking about, I know that I'm so confident God will rescue me in the future as a believer as i go through struggles and then um and and the lord will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom this is shortly i mean we're talking about days well maybe perhaps days before nero would have the apostle paul beheaded and and he would be taking in you know um, i'm sure jesus was right there to welcome him into heaven on that day but um i just I, I think those verb tenses are important and interesting jim did yeah. you have a comment
2: you know i just to follow up on your saying just being in the word i mean if you, look, if you talk to like young christians you think about what's the most important thing to do for your life and i talk to my kids this way just read the bible read the bible soak up the bible read the bible every day yeah, yeah. the bible is, i mean to, because it changes your thinking even you know just as we're doing this podcast reading the word out loud the word is so, so powerful, um, and the most important thing you're doing in your life is absorb the word, hearing it preached, meditating on it, and memorizing verses, studying scripture, um, but just reading Bible. And it's, I, I agree with you. When I and when I'm I go through phases, phases where I'm not doing it, my thinking gets all crazy and off, you know, um, and uh, and the things in this world start getting more and more important, and, and oh
1: yeah,
2: and, and they loom large, and then. Get back in the word, you're like, oh, yeah, just kind of just gets me in touch with him again. So just the importance of the word. So on that on that vein, then, um, not that it's my favorite verse, but I want to highlight it, is verse 13. Because um, he says, the, the, the theme of the word goes through this whole book oh, again and again, like the verse uh, you picked, um, uh, uh, about, uh, Greg, about all scripture being God-breathed. But the, uh, keeping with that theme is verse thirteen. When you come, bring the cloak. She talked about because he was cold in that in that prison. But he said, and the books, especially the parchments. He's still talking about the words. He's still talking about words, right? And, and 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 I just think it's interesting. He's still thinking about books and parchments. Um, and I don't know if there are other scriptures or what they were, but the importance of I just think it echoes that idea of the importance of the of word in our life and how Paul was so concerned with that.
0: Yeah, they most likely they most likely were portions of the Old Testament.
2: Oh, yeah. Right. They would have been. What else are you to be asking for? Right.
0: And and probably even portions of the Old Testament that he that he learned when he was a Pharisee. Oh, and right. that that God kind of like re um, changed the way he looked at those um, through the lens of the gospel. So here he is
2: about to die and he's still longing for the word. right yeah the books especially the parchments i just yeah but that's not my choice
0: yeah (laughs) that's great well hey uh any final words to just wrap up this uh
2: yes no that's that's not my choice i was going to pick a different oh that's
0: not your choice oh that's not your choice okay
2: Okay. i'm just echoing uh what ali was saying so i'll I'll be quick about this i just the, the odd, my odd choice is verse ten, for for Damas, and I get the name wrong. I don't know if it's Demas or Damas, but <laughs> Demis, I don't know. Damas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. I remember he, thinking about that since I was a young Christian, as a uh, as a as a teenager. I think about like you know, this guy, loved this present world, and it's it's fascinating now reading it tonight. It's such a contrast with. The way he's talking about his own faith in six, seven, and eight, I poured out as a drink offering. I fought the good fight, finished the course. In the future, there's a crown of righteousness. Like he's so thinking about the prize, he's thinking about the righteousness that not that he's earning because he fought the fate. He said, He said, he said I'm not, I haven't earned my own righteousness. God, the Lord will award to me in that way. He's going he's given me his righteousness, right? And he's thinking of he's consumed with the gospel. And the contrast here, oh yeah, there's this guy, Demas, yeah he's uh he's having loved this present world has deserted me um and you know apparently was with you know he deserted paul so he apparently was a follower of christ and then he you know started loving this present world and walked away and the prospect of that is so terrifying just uh um and and you know his name is recorded in scripture for thousands of years christians have read about demas and not in a good way right um that he loved his this present world. So that's, I think it's just a warning to all of us.
0: Yeah, his name is mentioned actually in Colossians chapter four, verse 14, and in uh, Philemon verse 24. And I think it's when he was, you know, previously he was a fellow worker. He was mentioned as a fellow worker with Paul and just imagine how painful that was for paul he he might have been one of his key guys and yet he deserted him yeah and i can remember ali a short time there was a time when when you <laughs> drifted you know mm-hmm. you you stayed away from me and yep. that really was hard for me it really was it was really difficult i had many conversations with good friends of mine like trying to figure out what is happening. Why, why is he avoiding me? And uh, I mean, it was, it was very heartbreaking, but I, but I'm so glad that you have continued in the faith. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just have to say, it. sorry for
1: hurting you, but
0: no, it's, it's, no, it's all right. I mean, I'm I'm just sharing it because it's a very real thing when you... It is.
1: And I remember you... it. And I was like in a different frame of mind. You know, I don't... Now that I look back, I, and I feel like, who was that guy? That's how I feel right now. You know, who was that guy? But like Jim was talking about, when you drift away, it's so easy to drift away, you know, because there are so many distractions out there in the world. There's There's so much evil out there that it's easy to get distracted by so many different things, not just, not just like, you know, traditionally evil things, but things that may not even seem evil to you or, or can become a distraction. And just to you know, from my personal lesson, what I would say is that fix your, fix your meeting with God every day. That's how, I I do it now. Fix your meeting with God, because like, you know, they're in, in your busy schedule. Especially if you're if you're a young guy or a young girl, it's easy to get distracted. It's it's easy to like get consumed by work. And in those times, I think it's it's like like today when I saw your email, and I was like, and I was like in the middle of uh, doing a project, and I was like, no, I gotta make this because you know it's important. God, God wants me there, so I, I need to go. So I think that's like just one takeaway from my whole personal experience: that be grounded with God, because it's easier, e- very easy to get distracted. So and you know, I'm 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 so lucky to have friends like you both, and all all uh, other people who inspire me to
0: be a better person, to be a follower of Christ.
1: And I love you, man.
0: i love you too man i really do and uh i appreciate this this time together and just to kind of close this um i i i love the idea of don't read the bible because you have to Mm -hmm. read it because you get to yeah you get to you know i mean when you get in that mindset, it makes it so much more enjoyable to spend time with the Lord. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. It's something that, that, you know, cause so often we just kind of fall into this kind of legalistic view of the Christian faith. I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm not yeah. a good Christian if, unless I do these things. But I think that the real secret is, it's not about have to, it's, it's, it's about you get to. Jim, do you have any final thoughts, final no, words?
2: I just want to echo that. It's so true, you know. just um, think the, the verse we were talking about before, how you can, um, the word of God is so strong. and helps you. It's, it's what helps you come to your senses and escape the snare of the devil. It's what helps you from falling in love with this present world and falling away. It's what helps you, it keeps you from being a lover of self, lover of money, arrogant, boastful. Um, it's just it, it keep you uh, helping you to fight the good fight. right? It doesn't justify you. It's not that legalist thing you're talking about. I say, oh, I read the Bible every day, so I'm a good Christian, so God owes me something. No, it's like I it just, you know, it's long for the pure spiritual milk of the word that by you may grow in respect to salvation. Long for it, right? So I, I, I love the way you put it, Greg, you don't have to read the word, you get to read the word and get, and just absorb it into our lives. So, that I, I, and, and look, this, this is this is why I, lo- I, I love doing this podcast because even reading it tonight and hearing you guys talk about it and just going through it, seeing different things and learning different things. And every time you go through it, more reveals something new. So
1: Praise that Lord. is so true. Yeah. Same for me really- every time. Like I read this chapter with you guys and I learned so much more.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel addict podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace.
2: See you next time.